Welcome to the Vine Life Podcast. We're a church in Manchester who love Jesus, each other, and our city. Catch up on this week's message and more. I just want to say well done for getting here today. I mean, oh my word. We, we are, have this incredible tension of um, experiencing beauty and brokenness, often many times in the day. Never mind once a month or once a year. And the tension to live like that is always a challenge, especially as people of faith, to recognize some of the things we've been proclaiming and singing even today, the things that have been prayed over. Sometimes seems really distant. I don't know about you, but it certainly does to me. And because of that, that's why we have community. That's why the beauty of coming together collectively is important. That's why it's fantastic and so important to be part of a small group, a group where you can actually be accountable and have encouragement and joy. But well done for getting here today. Some of you have had a hard week. Some of the, I know, you know, kids in hospital with pneumonia. Oh, my word. I mean, all sort of things going on, maybe challenges at work, brokenness in relationships. It, it, it's part of life, isn't it? So just well done for getting here. Um, I just want to say um, I'm very visual. I love visuality and I always get really inspired by things. And this guy, Charles Maxey, um, former atheist who actually found his way to understanding who God is and the incredible things he says. And I'm going to talk about, in fact, I just need to do one more thing. Can Somebody just, Andy, can you get that table for me, Tar? I've got a hand. Just put it here. And then behind that, hey, see, that's why I asked him to do it. So I didn't want to look stupid. Oh, mate. Oh, poor man. Hey. Well, then simply one day, you just stand in the field and shout and then preach. I mean, oh, Andy as well. Just behind there, just behind there, the prayer thing, you'll find a bag. And inside the bag, you'll find something. Can you put it on there for me, mate? Made people work, I'm telling you. Just inside the bag, just bring the thing inside it. Visual. Just to, to give you an understanding of some of the stuff I'm going to be talking about. Um, thank you, mate. Um, not many of you will know me, um, which is probably a good thing. Um, Neil, very helpful in what he said um, and stuff. Um, I have three grown-up children um, and now seven grandchildren. Crazy. I've been in this thing called full-time paid Christian work for 39 years. Um, but most of you won't know I've had four marriages. Most of you won't know that. And my first marriage started on the 20th of April, 1985, and it lasted for about 13 months. And um, the reason why suddenly it changed was that we suddenly had, we were one of these early adopters of Airbnb, and we had um, a little kid suddenly roll up on their doorstep. Um, a guy called Benjamin. He was born on the 13th of June, 1986. And so my first marriage, our first marriage ended when this little kid arrived. Oh my word. <laughs> I mean, nobody tells you, do they, when you, if you are fortunate to be parents of what it's going to be like. And so that first marriage lasted for about 13 months. Uh, the second marriage lasted for about another 10 years. And, um, we had the joy of, of having small children and, and the challenge of that. So at 11 o'clock last night, I was at the Bol Bolton Royal Hospital 
I'm with my youngest daughter and my youngest granddaughter. My youngest granddaughter was taken into hospital with a rash all over her body, hard to breathe, and so she was taken to hospital. And then eventually they said, yeah, she can be discharged, and I went to get her. This is the life of having children sometimes. And so that marriage lasted for about 10 years, and it changed when actually um, I arrived in Manchester um, on the 3rd of March, 1998, and our third marriage began when our children started to get more of a voice and started disagreeing and wanted to do what they wanted to do even more so when they became teenagers. And that marriage lasted until five years ago when suddenly we were empty nesters. And the final one went. We did call a boomerang at one stage, but she kept on returning all the time. And we were empty nesters. Now, you've probably worked out already that those four marriages, thankfully for me, my story, was with the same woman. 38 years, this April, we've been married, but we've had four marriages. And why I say that is because things change in our life. They develop. We have moments. And in those moments, that's when we learn how to hopefully have some consistency and longevity. But we have to adapt. We have to adapt. At any one stage, my wife probably deservedly could have said, no, I've had enough. When we, I had this wonderful call to come to Manchester, and it was a lifetime call. We've been here now 25 years nearly. Ruth didn't want to come. She was happy where she was in Nottingham and all her friends and what we did and me helping to lead a large charismatic church. She loved it. She didn't want to come here following me. She had a choice. She could have said, no, I'm not going to do this anymore. Thankfully, she didn't. Moments, if they're done properly and sacrificially, turn into movements of a movement of life, of how we actually live. Can we have the next slide? This is the question, okay? Uh, I love questions. Um, And in in all of that, uh, it's a very spiritual question. What do you taste of? So if somebody came to you, so Ruth and Andrew there, I can see you there, same name as we've got, so I'm going to pick on you. So if somebody came and bit on Ruth or Andrew, what would they taste of? Now, I'm not saying do this. We don't practice being vampires in this place. But what do they taste of? What do you taste of? Now, part of that is to do with reputation, isn't it? Part of that is of what you know is inside us. Because the fact of the matter is this may be the first time you've seen this. And that's the face you see. The face that other people see who I've known for a few years know me in a different sort of way. My wife and my family know me completely different. It's like that Russian doll which you just keep on taking apart. But the inner one, the inner doll, where only you know what you're like. When you're lying in bed, two o'clock in the morning, you wake up and you're there. And you know what you're thinking. You know what's going on in your head. That's what you know. And the only other person who knows that person is the Holy Spirit. The Trinity. We can't escape that. Sometimes I wish we could. Sometimes I wish Jesus wasn't around. 
or thinking the things I think. I think, no, 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 I, I, I don't really like this. But what do you taste of? You see, we have between 2,000 and 10,000 taste buds in this sort of area. In our tongue, in our top of our mouth, in our esophagus. And if you have 10,000, you're one of these super tasters. You can be so sensitive. Your palate is really, really important and strong. Every taste bud of those two to 10,000 has 100 taste hairs. Isn't it amazing, this body we have? See, when we start to break it down like that, so we have the different ways that we taste, or the sweetness, and all the five different um, tastes we have. And actually, it's important to understand this, both to recognize how we are in our body and creation, but also to realize the complexities of what that looks like. Now, like Andy said, he said the other week, he, he's a foodie. I'm a foodie. I, you know, I love to go for food. And, and then my greatest joy is when I go out with um, Ruth and um, we can eat together. Now it's a bit more sanitized. We've not got mayhem going around us. We're on our own. And yet we miss that as well. And we eat. There's something deeply spiritual about eating. Next slide. This is what this is about. Because if we actually understand this, now this is the fruit of the Spirit, hence you'll know now the bowl. The fruit of the Spirit. Now it's interesting to see about the fruit of the Spirit because in the Greek word is a, it's a singular word, it's not plural, it's not fruits of the Spirit. Like this here, it's a fruit it's a fruit. Now, I was thinking, um, you know, some of the things that we would know in the scriptures, and there are lots of them. Psalm 34, 8, taste and see that the Lord is good. <laughs> I mean, okay, so we can accept that, you know, God is supposed to be good, and hopefully in our life we see that God has been good and all sorts of stuff. But what about us? What do we taste of? So the fruit of the Spirit, if you want to know more about it, go to Galatians 5, verses 22 and verse 23. But if you look at these, now, it's, it's really easy to it? When we come together like this, we, we can generally bring our smile on. And, and uh, sorry, he's going to have to keep on moving that camera. Um, we know we can get away with it. People don't really know what's going on in our lives. We don't really know what's happened in our week. We don't know how much brokenness we've actually experienced or beauty. We don't know. Uh, we'll do our nice British thing generally if we're born in this country from Britain. I've shaken hands and how are you? Oh, I'm okay. Are you all right? Yeah, I'm fine. And actually, we know we're not. But often in our Britishness, we don't say this. And I was thinking about this when I was looking, I was preparing that this, this week. And I was looking at these here love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self control. Looking at that, those nine fruit. Which one would you like to take out which would make your life easier? <laughs> Come on. Somebody shout one out. Come on, be honest. Sorry? One more shout. Hold on. Patience. What other one? Come on, another one. Self-control. Now, I guess, because when I started asking myself the question myself, they were the first two I said as well. There's some theme going on in our humanity, isn't there? Any others? Now, this is where we become very Christian, you see. <laughs> Confession is good for the soul. Come on, which other one would you like to take out? Yeah? 
Kindness. Does that somebody say kindness? Interesting. Isn't that interesting? I'm glad you said that. You see, when Charles Mackenzie he wrote about kindness and about it should come natural to us, but sometimes it doesn't, does it? And depending on our context, we find it. I don't. I don't find it kind. Easy to be kind sometimes. You, you may be different. I hope you are in that. But if ever we actually encounter a belief system or behaviour that claims to be Christian that doesn't have this, we need to ask ourselves some questions. Now, the fruit of the Spirit is evidenced all over the world. People of faith and non-faith would evidence the fruit of the Spirit. We have more of an awareness, often because of our belief and faith in God, and also because of what we know from Scripture. You may have heard of the fruit of the Spirit terminology before. But actually, it's not just centered to us. I see kindness all over the place. People who have non-faith, I find, I find see goodness. I see some self-control. And it's great, isn't it, when you notice it and you can join in with what's happening. But we, as the people of God, we should exemplify this. Make it personal. Are you loving? Are you joyful? Are you peaceful? Are you patient? Are you kind? Are you good? Are you faithful? Are you gentle? Are you self-controlled? That's a challenge, isn't it? When it comes personal to us. And see, the thing is what happens often when those sort of questions come out, we go, oh, I'm just rubbish. I'm awful. I'm not a good person. I'm awful. I'm not a great Christian. I'm awful. You don't know me. And then Jesus comes. And he says, I love you. I accept you. And we have that grace again in our life. I'm glad that happens. My word. So don't feel condemned. Be joyful in it that actually we're still on a journey. But most certainly, you know, some of those things, some of us will find easier to be and do than others, definitely. But it's one fruit. And sometimes we have to work on some of those things. And, you know, if we had time, you know, I'd go around and say, you know, what is your story? What is your story where you have observed kindness in your workplace? Maybe you've seen it, observed it, or maybe you brought it into the room. Where have you seen goodness? Where have you had to have patience in your life? Oh, my word. Oh, my word. See, moments, those small choices, little by little. Now, there's someone in the room who looks after bodies and they sculpt and they help you to have a core and shape and stretch and have aerobics and all sort of stuff. So if I say to this person, listen, I'm going to go on this regime this year of getting my body healthy, in shape. And on the 23rd of July, I'm going to spend five hours in the gym. Will that be okay? I'm sure this person would say, really? <laughs> Just that one day and you're expecting to see your body change won't happen. It's little by little, day by day, moment by
by moment. That's how things develop and progress and change. You know, often, you know, we can sometimes, I think, try to take shortcuts all the time. Now, listen, I have been in church life since two days old. I went to my first meeting at two days old. And I've been ever since, you know, I've been to tens of thousands of meetings. I know what church is, really do. But sometimes I've learned is that we can often think if we can take a shortcut, it's really easy. Like that 23rd of July, me doing one day in the gym, it's going to change everything in my body. No. It's just like saying if we come to church every Sunday, everything will be all right. Well, no. Of course we know that's not the case. But actually something happens when we collectively come together and we have worship, including singing, and seeing other people's faces and recognise it. Things can be different. It was great. Sorry if I embarrass you, Damien. Um, Damien and I came into contact when I first spoke here and and um, in those days, he had a long ponytail. And I was very jealous because I used to have long hair when I was a young guy. And I've always harkened back to having long hair again. But Ruth said, absolutely not. You're not having that bohemian look for you. You're too old. But I do. And, and when I saw him in the New Year, it was all different. Damien. This is Damien. If you don't know Damien, what a great guy. But now he's not his ponytail. He's made a choice for a reason. Even little things. And every choice we make in life has an impact on us and on other people. And the key is, how can we make these consistent, consistent choices which help us to become better people, closer to God, and part of community? And sometimes I think we take shortcuts. You know, I think um, sometimes wrongly so, you know, when we want something to happen, we need a word, we need a prophetic word. I've been in that place and you're saying, oh, I need a prophetic word. And sometimes I think God said, honestly, I've given you so many. Why do you need another one? And sometimes it's like a magic potion to us. Now, listen, I'm a great believer in the prophetic words. Absolutely, 100%. I have tried to live out a consistent life in what I do, and I've done some crazy things. I used to go to a conference in um, South America, in Panama, and, one, and it was a big, big conference. It's on now, I think, end of January. And, and in this conference, there were thousands of people there, and they wanted me to speak on the anointing. I'd spoke about the anointing oil. I must get that message out of something. And I, I brought a you know, great big tub full of olive oil, and you know, there were thousands of people in this room, and, and I ended up you know, getting jugfuls of this stuff, and people coming in, and just throwing it all over these people. I was thinking about it now, all these suits. I mean, there were some very, very wealthy people. And, you know, the power of God came and as the oil hit, and they just fell on the floor. It was like amazing. You know, the shape of the oil, where it went, they, they fell on the floor. I believe in all that. After that meeting, the, the main guy, Edwin, the, 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 the founder and pastor of that place, he said, Andrew, come on, I'm taking you some, I'm taking you some. I said, where are we going? Where are we going? To, went to the car, went to an airfield. And he actually rang somebody up and he got somebody, a pilot, and this four-seater. And he got gallons of oil in this airplane. And I said, what are we doing? He said, we're going to anoint the city. And we literally flew north, south, east and west around Panama City, throwing all this oil out of the place. I mean, I've done crazy things. Crazy things. But actually, what did that mean? It actually meant there was something, a prophetic utterance of, wow, we believe something can happen. But actually, it was week by week, day by day, that those people who were part of that community who needed to do things, small choices, small steps, who would bring anointing into their place. 
So both are important. But actually, day by day, step by step is key. Sharon Stone, I think she was mentioned here recently. You know, not the actress one. They, uh, she was a prophet. Is a prophet. And she came to Manchester years ago. And I always like asking questions. So, because come and shine, you know, this whole prophetic gift, how do you make it work? He said, for every prophetic word I have, I give 10 practical words to people as well. Wow. She, she had learned something. She'd learned something. Where were we up to? Yeah, thank you. You got on. Next slide. Now, the, the, this is a, a sort of a cliche, and I don't want it to be too cliched, but it's absolutely true that your roots determine your fruits. Where are you rooted? Ah, that's a challenge, isn't it? Where are we actually rooted? What are we rooted in? Last week when Neil was speaking, you know, he was saying about prayer and the prophetic. And this man lives this. He, he loves this. Those, most of you know Neil really well. You know this man. He wants to live this. He wants to live it in his home. He wants to live in his street. He wants to live in his workplace with Barnabas. To understand that. You know, the important thing is about awareness and expectation. You know, we are in a, a state of our humanity where we've had an awareness of God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And we will be different stages of that. We will have different understandings of that. We'll have a different theology of that. It won't all be the same. That's okay. But we have an awareness of God. Now, hopefully, it's quite easy to have an awareness of God here when we're collectively together, when we're having some worship, when hopefully somebody's trying to talk, okay. But when we're in our homes, in our streets, in our playtimes, in our workplaces, it's harder to have that awareness. And, and I would say that we have to create practices which give us awareness of God in our everyday spaces. But sometimes that's different. The expectation in our small group. Recently, I'm really privileged to be in Rob and Susie Oldfield's group. They're not here this week. And um, we have a great time. Who's here from our group this week? Yay. They're lovely people. They're authentic. But that's where we have accountability with each other. That's where we share our brokenness and our beauty. That's when we're real with each other because we can drill down deep. When we're smaller groups like that. If you're in a small group, please look for one. Look for community in that sort of way. One of the things that we don't have often from uh, my tradition was um, Pentecostal charismatic. Yours may be different. But we didn't really understand the whole thing about confession. So when I became friends with some, um, some um, Catholic people, they taught me about confession. And we both had things to teach each other. But we don't confess enough to each other. Part of that is our Britishness. Part of it is the way of our traditions. But it's a, a thing we should confess. Not just confess the confidence and glory and the hope of God. Yeah, that's important. But confess. Oh, I've had a rubbish week. It's been really hard. Please help me. I need help. I need help in my relationships. I need help from work. I need help. But we've got to have all these sort of practices if we're going to live out this authentic if we're going to see the fruit of the spirit evidence in our life because the thing is about this is the fruit of the spirit doesn't just impact you it overflows 
I've always said the blessing is not in the filling, it's in the overflowing. It, because we can be self-indulged, can't we, if it's just a blessing about me. But when actually the blessing overflows, it hits other people. It starts to impact other people. People start to recognize something different about us. Why are you different? Why don't you do that? Why do you do things this way? Why don't you say that? Last time I spoke here, I, I gave you one of practice, and I'll, I, I'll give another story. Um, is I have a, a practice that I spend most of my time in coffee shops and restaurants and, and schools and businesses and hospitals and all these sort of things. To That's my life. I spend all my time in the wilderness, in the wild. That's what I spoke about last time. And I, I have one of my many practices I have. I have a thing called Hineni. So when I go in these places, I say Hineni, which is a Hebrew word which means I am here. And always in the echo, Jesus says, so am I. I'm here. And what I'm doing is I'm positioning myself, Lord, I am here. I'm here. And then sometimes what happens is I have a kadosh moment. Kadosh means holy. Kadosh, kadosh, kadosh. Holy, holy holy. And when I have a kadosh moment, I know I have to do something. I had a, a situation very quickly, a story some time ago when I was um, getting some money out of an ATM machine and it was absolutely chucking with rain. It was pouring with rain. Now, I don't know about you, but I, I don't like getting wet. I didn't have my umbrella with me at that time. And it was chucking it down. And so what I did, I ran into the bank physically, which is on the outside. And when I was there, I was just faced with a wall of four ladies who were looking from the other side of a screen. And they were smiling because what I think happened is that they had the camera and they saw what was happening and saw me running inside and they were having a laugh. Oh, look at him. A typical blow. Don't want to get his hair wet. Inside. And, you know, you're one of those things. And you think, oh, okay. A normal moment of life. But I felt kadosh. It hit me. And so I looked at these people, I said, okay, I'm going to go outside again now. There's nobody else in. It was only a very small bank. And so I went outside and my kadoshness, I said, okay, what do I need to do? What, what is it I'm thinking here? And so next door to this bank, there was um, a bargain booze. And I went in and I bought two bottles of nice red wine. And next to that, there's um, a bakery. And I, want, I went in and got two loaves. And I got these things and went back into the bank. And still was nobody and I said, hi. <laughs> and they looked at each other, looked at me. I mean, okay, yeah. It looks stupid, doesn't it? I said, I just want to say thank you for what you do day in and day out in working here like you do. Of helping people to manage things. Of making sure they have what they need in front of them. And I want to say thank you and I want to give you this. What have we done earlier on in this gathering? We had communion, Eucharist. And I left it with them. I didn't mention Jesus. I didn't say God. I didn't mention church or anything like that. I just said, thank you for all you do. Now, I wish this happened all the time, but it doesn't. But about three weeks later, I was walking down Deansgate in, in Manchester. And as I was walking along, 
Um, I saw people coming past all the time. I'm a people watcher, so I notice people, what they do. And, and I saw this woman coming towards me. I was on my own. And I saw this woman who looked at me. And, and, and you know, or the man or woman, when that happens, you know, they look. And I try not to look back. <laughs> and I just kept on walking. But the closer we got together, it got to the point where actually this person just stopped in front of me, this lady. And I was a bit confused because I looked, I thought, I don't think I know you. And she said, were you in the Royal Bank of Scotland recently? I said, yeah. Why? I was one of the women behind the screen. I said, oh, right, okay. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, so great. And she said, when you did that with us, we thought, this is a bit weird. I said, I thought exactly the same thing. <laughs> and then she said, we had a conversation. And there was a lady who was brought up in the Catholic church. And she said, this almost feels spiritual. I said, that's interesting. So what did you do? What did you conversations come to he said well we talked about faith and we we talked about life and we talked about the importance of God and then she asked me a question she said are you a Christian I said well I like to call myself a follower of the way and I use that terminology because Christian is so loaded isn't it in so many different ways to people now and follow the way is a terminology all the way from the Old Testament to the New Testament. That's why Jesus said, I am the way. And every time I say that to people, they always ask the same question. What is the way? What is the way? Now listen, I'm not one of these crazy evangelists, you know, please. I'm not. I've got friends who are like that, but I'm not like that. I'm just a normal bloke working through my brokenness, trying to see beauty in people and life and trying to understand what it means. Let's have slide six. Have you got that on? That's what I was talking about. Slide seven, please. That's what we're talking about. Hopefully when we go out in a few minutes, hopefully something I've said will stick. Hopefully a scripture, Galatians, the Psalm, whatever, may stick. Go and do some more work on it. Think about it. In some of those things there which you find easy to do, well done. But some of those things you don't find easy, work it out with some people. That's what I do all the time. I'm rubbish at doing it myself. Work it out with somebody of something of the fruit of the Spirit when moments are done consistently. It turns into a movement in our life and the lives around. Slide eight. Okay, going to land in a minute. Many years ago, I remember telling a story um, about um, two guys who were on a veranda. You can imagine, let's think about America in the, in the plains. Oh, that doesn't look, doesn't look too much like that. I think you're on a beach. On, on, and two people sat on a deck chair and they see this, these dogs running. They see the dogs running. 
And what they're running towards is because they've seen a rabbit. Well, that's what they think's happened. Because what happened eventually, all the other dogs eventually fell away. But one dog kept on going. And so these two people sat in the deck chairs on the beach saying, what do you think's happened there? He says, well, I think that dog who's keeping on going after the rabbit saw the rabbit. And the other dogs heard all the barking and they joined in. But one had seen the rabbit and that's why they continued. Oh, my word, is a metaphor for life, for our faith, for God. We have to see something, don't we? I mean, if we didn't, what is all this about? What's today about? Why do we do this? But when we've seen something, when we've seen God, everything changes. And that's why, you know, when kids are in hospital with pneumonia, it's when things are hard at work, when marriages don't work out. That if we've seen God through it all, through the brokenness, we can live. We can live. We can work it through. Now, sometimes, I don't know about you, but God has seemed really distant. <laughs> it's like, oh my word, is he, is he still even there? Is he still there? What we've gone through as a community the last couple of years, some of you may have felt that. Where's God? Is God there anymore? Is he in my life anymore? I would encourage you to ask to see God again. To start to court God again. To start to be under the influence again. Because we have to now and again revisit, remind ourselves. I want to end with a prayer. If we can have the next slide. This is important for us. May the favour of the Lord rest on us. Establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. Next slide. The actual better translation of that word favour, because I don't know about you, but favour often to me speaks of transaction. Have I deserved it? You know, I'm not sure. But when it actually the proper word, which is a better translation, to delight or beauty. May the delight of the Lord rest on us. Establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. Moses' prayer in the midst of wilderness. People praying it over these people. Establish the work of their hands, what they were doing. They were tending kids. They were, they were making meals. They, they were repairing tents. They were making shoes. They were organising what must happen. Establish the work of our hands when we're doctoring, when we're nursing, when we're helping people sculpt their body and show them a wellness. 
Establish the work of our hands when we're working with councils and helping to know have a better strategy of what to be like and how could more fruitful. Establish the work of our hands when we're at home as a stay-at-home mum or stay-at-home dad. Establish the work of our hands when we're actually in our workplaces, in our homes, in our streets. That's what this prayer is about. It's everywhere, people. Jesus is everywhere. We carry him, but he's also there already. Hineni. I am here. Let's pray. Jesus, you know everything about us, where we are, what we do, what's happening in our homes, our life, the challenges we face, the brokenness we're enduring the beauty that sometimes shows. Lord, we know that if we're going to exemplify the fruit of the Spirit in our life, we need you. I need you if I'm going to do this. And we invite you again into our life. We say yes to salvation again. We say yes to being filled with the Holy Spirit. Father God, I pray over us as a community, that we will be people who will grow deep into Jesus more than ever before in new ways, relevant ways, which are going to spill over into our everyday lives. Fill us with the Holy Spirit again, Lord. For those people who find you distant at the moment, may they talk to people, maybe work it out together. May we as community really see something spectacular happen where people will say, this is truly a work of God. This is truly a work of God. Amen. Amen. Hope you enjoyed today's message. If you want to find out more, head to our website, findlife.co.uk, or follow us on Instagram. God bless and see you soon.